Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, I always say you're in the right place because it's true. Why? Because this is where the best run. And a greeting pre-holidays 2020 to all of our listeners around the world. We thank you for your loyalty, for listening. This is season six, I think, of the series, one of our longest running series under the Game Changers banner. Let's see what the buzz on the street, on the world, on the web is today. I have a brief quote from an article I found on go.forester.com. Listen up, and then I'll tell you a little more, and then I will introduce my specialists on the panel today. So we're now seeing B2B sellers of all types have tremendous success with integrating social into their process. Okay, remember that B2B and social keywords. B2B social sellers outperform peers who don't use social by 72%. That's right. I didn't say 1% or 5%. I said 72%. Modern buyers are digital first buyers. Okay. Now, let's put some questions out there to the audience. How can your sales team drive brand awareness and accelerate your account-based marketing? And we're going to subscript that as ABM. How your account-based marketing strategy to convert your top prospects into customers? Well, the very simple answer, leverage social presence. Digital selling has become increasingly important in building long-term customer relationships and developing repeat business. Come on, you all know by now, keeping a customer, upselling, retaining, nurturing is a lot less expensive. My panelists are nodding. I'm on Zoom with them. A lot less expensive than going out and beating the bushes and trying to get new customers. So that's what you want to do. If your sales team is not including digital selling in their ABM account-based marketing, now is the time to start. It's not too late. I have with me today Steve Watt at Grapevine 6. We have Christina Jaramillo at Personal ABM. Her company's named after our topic. How cool is that? And we have Paroma Sen at SA. I'm going to ask them for their insights on a slew of topics, how to get your marketing and sales teams to collaborate, that's always a challenge, on their ABM strategy, how to identify target accounts and key influencers, how to reach the right decision makers with targeted content, and that's a loaded topic right there, and how to measure the impact of your ABM campaign. So join us for Accelerated Account-Based Marketing. How? integrate digital selling. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. Let's go around the table and have my panelists introduce themselves. So first up is Steve Watt. Steve, welcome. We met on a prep call recently. I've had many of your colleagues from Grapevine 6 on the show. And our listener, Steve, would love to know who you are, why you're here, what's your passion for this topic, ABM marketing and digital selling. Steve Watt, you're up. Good morning, Bonnie, and thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is actually the perfect topic for me because it kind of brings together all of my passions. Uh, I've been around the ABM space for a number of years. I've long been very active in social and a big believer in, in social selling and digital selling. And I'm a big believer that brand is really underemphasized and underrespected in B2B. So you bring those all together, and that's exactly what we're talking about here, right? Building brand, engaging clients, engaging prospects through social, and not just anyone, but but 
the ones in the right accounts, ABM. So this is this is my dream topic, and I'm thrilled to be here with the rest of you. And Steve, we're thrilled, but we want to know a little bit about your path. How did you get to the place where you're invited to be on a show like this? What uh, what what's your history with digital selling? What do you what have you done to get here? Give me a little more background. Come on, Steve. Sure, sure. Well, I've been all over the space, all over the space. I've I, I worked for LinkedIn for several years in the early days when it was not much more than a hiring platform and just starting to emerge into more. Uh, I learned so much there and worked with amazing people. I've worked in, in a number of small startups, technology startups and scale-ups. I've been a freelance uh, fractional CMO for a number of companies. And, uh, and, I, and I'm very active in, uh, in building my own brand and my own reputation and, and uh, you know, leveraging LinkedIn in that way. So it all kind of came full circle and Grapevine 6 was the perfect place for me to wind up as a result. Well, we're very happy to meet you here. And as I said, a lot of your colleagues from Grapevine 6 have been on these shows with me over the years. So welcome, Steve. Nice to make your acquaintance. We're going to move around the table. I'm looking at the Zoom table virtually. And Christina, you're sitting right over the top of Steve Watt, whether you knew it or not. Christina Jaramillo, I met you on a prep call a couple of days ago. We found out we live, what, about five miles apart here in North Carolina. That's all I'll say. I don't like to give too many personal information too much on the show. You're the president of Personal ABM and Stop the Sales Drop. Chris Christina, please fill in the blanks. What do you do? Who are you? And what's your passion for the topic? Go ahead, Christina. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Um, I've been doing ABM before it had a actual name. Um, Account-based marketing is something that I've been doing for at least, I think we're going on 10 years now, um, because I always found that marketing was accountable or should be accountable for more than leads and brand awareness. And I was having uh, issues with traditional marketing because it was kind of speaking to everyone and not being focused, hence why you mentioned we named our company after ABM, um, because we wanted to also help sales be accountable for revenue. It's a team sport. It's not just mark sales is accountable. Um, and, I, and I thought that that's something that we should um, be focusing on because I noticed that the broader marketing was speaking at accounts and then with a personalized approach and taking an ABM um, making that personal, you connect with the human buyers and decision makers within those accounts. And I always thought that marketing success metrics should be revenue because sales is accountable for revenue. So why aren't they? And that's where my passion lies is driving sales conversations, driving pipeline and ha- helping companies uh, achieve revenue and actually be successful. Thank you, Christina. How did you get to the point where you've got your own two companies? It looks like what brought you to this place in your life? Oh, what brought me to that place? You know what? Um, being a business owner is something I never actually thought of uh, for myself. I was always in corporate and then I just was doing something as a side gig, as a lot of people said, and it kind of just blew, out from, blew up from there because it was so successful. And I found out that I did want to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you here. Welcome. And Paroma Sen, you and I haven't spoken in about a year. You're on, you're on the pre-Zoom version of the shows. Slightly after COVID started, I thought about it at Ryan Treasure, uh, the VP of, I call him VP of Everything Operations at World Talk Radio. And I had a chat and I said, Ryan, I don't know, I've been resisting Zoom for a long time. And now I'd love to finally get to see how my guests think and how they talk instead of doing it all on the phone. And we started on Zoom, I think in February March of this year. And and so, Paroma, I'm happy to see you for the first time. This is a first. Paroma, please, I'm just going to say it since you've been on radio with me before. In case there are 
10 people in the world who don't remember you. First of all, I'm going to say shame on them. And second of all, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself to everybody else and bring us up to date? What's your career path and what brings you to this show and what's your passion? Go ahead. Sure, buddy. Um, it's it's lovely being here with you and seeing you and seeing this, these wonderful guests in person. Um, my name is Paroma Sen. I've been doing technology marketing for over 15 years across a variety of industries, you know, say from semiconductors to e-commerce, nonprofit, real estate, and then enterprise. Um, I have a deep passion for enterprise marketing after having run the gamut of pretty much everything else. <laughs> and... Um, I feel that there is an additional complexity with enterprise marketing, which lends a real power to ABM. The collaboration between sales and marketing is so important, uh, which is just not as as challenging in consumer marketing. And I and I love that. Um, digital selling is another deep passion because you know this year has just shown us with COVID and everything that digital is the way to go, and that's where it's at. Um, so for real sales transformation to happen, one must one must be on digital and one must prioritize that. So that's why I'm here. Thank Happy you. To be here. Thank you, Perum. And you have a, a visitor in your room. I know we met a, a very nice-looking cat named Shona before the show. So yes. if Shona comes back, we'll, we'll welcome Shona back on the show. And, and well, Shona's you. welcome to add some commentary. Thank you all for your introductions. <laughs> now is the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a movie or a song because we love to know what their tastes are in music and in, and in movies. It's always very interesting. And But there's a trick to that. I'm going to ask them, once I read the quote in the background, the source of the attribution of as I like to say, I'm going to ask them to relate the quote to the topic. So this is where we're going to get a little bit deeper into our topic today, which is accelerated account-based marketing. How to do it? Use your social media, integrate it, and do it well. Digital selling. So Steve Watt, Grapevine 6, has sent me a quote from Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip. I had never heard of either and or or any permutation of those names, Steve. Gordon Edgar Downey, CM, uh, lived from 1964 to 2017, was a Canadian rock singer, songwriter, musician, writer, and activist. Boy, that really packs a lot of of things into his bio. I wish we could all just have a one-sentence bio with everything we've done. I bet ours all would be a very long sentence. Downey was the lead singer and lyricist for the Canadian rock band, The Tragically Hip, which he fronted from their formation in 1984 until his passing in 17. He's widely regarded as one of the most influential and popular artists in Canadian music history. Wow. And here is the line, and I'm going to read, Steve, I have the lyric, that part of, the, of this, this song. I'm going to read the lyric, and then I'm going to emphasize the quote, if you don't mind, to, to put context. So, First thing, we climb a tree, and maybe then we talk or sit silently and listen to our thoughts with illusions of someday cast in a golden light. And here's the line, no dress rehearsal. This is our life. I hope I did that justice, Steve. I didn't try to Beautiful, sing it. Beautifully Th- done. Thank you, dear. Now, would you please, I never call people dear on the show, Steve Watt, Grapevine 6, would you please explain what that has to do with our topic today? Go ahead. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about Gord. And uh, let me tell you, he um was and it's it's sad to say was with his passing a couple of years ago um i want to say is uh a, a absolute canadian hero um one of the most influential musicians ever in canada and uh, an absolute treasure a national treasure um he he died far too young from brain cancer i'm getting choked mm. up just talking about it mm. and it was like 
the, the final tour when when he and his band traveled Canada for the last time and, and people came together in like it was the last concert was broadcast across the country. People came together in parks and and in homes and it was it was incredibly touching. And I just the idea that no dress rehearsal. This is our life. Like you got to live. You don't know how long you're going to be here. Um, don't don't wait. Live. And how and, does that relate to ABM? You got to got to wrap it into yeah, our topic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to build ahead. your business. You got to build your career. You can't spend your time forever sitting on the sidelines. Um, you can't be afraid to take risks. You can't be afraid to throw out the old playbooks and do something new, do something that others haven't done. You got, you got to get out there. You got to live. You're not going to get it right all the time, mm -hmm. uh, but you will look back with a whole lot more satisfaction if you get out there and build business in new ways rather than just hiding behind safe, seemingly safe best practices. Emails, cold calls, Rolodexes. I think uh, some of you are old enough to remember those, although I do. Steve probably does. I don't know about the two ladies on the panel. Interesting because, Steve, in my intro with the quote from Forrester, I mentioned that the success rate is 72% more in terms of marketing success and pipeline success for salespeople who use digital selling. And I think the, the writing is definitely on the wall. So don't wait. Is anybody still waiting on the sidelines to start doing digital selling, Steve, from what you've seen? Uh, no, but I think a lot of people are doing it really poorly. They're doing it really uh -huh. um, in a superficial way, and they're doing it in a way that's destroying trust and driving people away. So they're doing it, air quotes, but they're not doing it well. Thank you. That's the gem I was looking for and what you were going to talk about. Thank you very much, Christina Jaramillo. I'm looking at your quote. You sent us a quote from Lewis or Louis Winthrop III, played by the one and only Dan Aykroyd in the movie Trading Places. It's a 1983 American comedy film directed by John Landis, written by Timothy Harris and Herschel Weingord. Weingord. It stars oh the, the, the A-list, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, uh, Don Amici, Jamie Lee Curtis, those are the names I recognize. Do you know there's an old knock-knock joke? Knock-knock, who's there? Don Amici. You remember, you remember the punchline to that one, Steve? Don Amici, I'll be Don Amici in a taxi, honey. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> so here's, here's the, I use that with friends. Don Amici, old character actor. Here we go. Here's the quote Christine has selected. Think big, think positive. Never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Wow. Christina, you have to unpack that one for me, please. What does yes. it mean? It sounds rough, but I, I promise you it's not. First of all, I, love I, picked, it. I picked it because it was one of the first movies that I saw as a kid that was business related and it happened to be comedy slash business. But anyone's ever not seen it, I suggest uh, Trading Places is classic. Um, so just to unpack the first part of it, think big, uh, think positive, never shown any sign of weakness. What I'm seeing is that in sales and marketing, they're responding to predefined needs uh, and wants, and they're not looking at the big picture to see where the business problem is or where the root cause of that is and where the personal impacts are at the company, ops, employee, customer, and personal levels. And that's where I think it needs to be, um, where it really should be focused on it. And that personal relevance is what's gonna help people make a connection to drive social conversations, to drive email conversations, to drive any kind of digital conversations. And the other half of that, the more aggressive kind of mm -hmm. part of that quote, it's a little rough, I know. Um, 
always go for the throat. It, it's referring basically to the challenger sale, which I'm a big proponent of, um, where you take the prospect on a journey and that can totally be applied to social. Um, sales and marketing right now, like Steve was alluding to doing it poorly, they're tending to push out their agenda or push out the messaging and, and what they want to talk about instead of entering into the prospect's world and kind of understanding their situation, where they are now, um, you know, and and trying to challenge your sale um, challenges, of course, uh, the status quo and kind of gets uncomfortable. And that's what I meant by going through the throat and showing unconsidered gaps and impacts and then leading with insights and value props. And then just would throw in some other quotes in there that I thought were really relevant is um, Gordon Gecko from Wall Street. I'm sure everyone's familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he says, you, you don't understand. I want to be surprised. I don't care how you get the new info. Just get it. I kind of, you know, um, summarize that one. And then another one from Jerry Maguire, the key to business is personal relationships. And I totally think that that's what social is. And what Steve mentioned, people doing it poorly is they're forgetting that key aspect is that personal relationships are what are going to lead your results on uh, social and digital platforms. Thank you, Christina. The quote wasn't rough at all. It was a really cool quote, actually. No no apology needed, no backtracking. I think the quote from Wall Street was, was a little bit rougher. There you go. Thank you very much. Paroma sent us a quote from the character Harvey Dent, played by Aaron Eckhart in Batman. Da, 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 da. I'm all musical today. Batman the Dark Knight, a 2008 superhero film movie. Harvey Dent, Two-Face, is a fictional supervillain appearing in comic books published by DC as an adversary of the superhero Batman. I don't know if you know this, Paroma, but the character was created and first appeared in Detective Comics number 66 in August 1942. And uh, just so everybody knows, The Dark Knight is based on the DC Comics character Batman. It's the second installment of Christopher Nolan's trilogy, The Dark Knight, and a sequel to Batman Begins. And we could go on and on about this. So here's the quote. This is great. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Do, 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 do. I'm sorry, I had to do that. Paroma, and Shona's with us now. Why don't you two rescue me, please? Go ahead. Amazing. Thank you, Bonnie. That was a beautiful rendition of The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm a huge superhero fan, and Batman is my favorite. I remember leaving the theater, like, literally in awe and with my breath slowed down, but... Um, let me relate it to how it relates to ABM, right? Um, as a marketer, you're often faced with requests from sales that you don't agree with as a marketer. Um, so one time I got asked by a salesperson to push through the marketing of a very custom solution that was relevant to one customer. So I couldn't market it to anyone else. And then you're faced with a choice. Do I stick to my principles and die a hero? Or do I give in and compromise and live long enough to see myself become the villain? Um, but in this situation, I think, of course, you have to pick your battles, but you can, you can actually stick to your values and still emerge a hero ultimately, uh, because that helps your relationship as a marketer with sales to become strategic, long-term and value-driven rather than just transactional. So that's what I take from it. 
Thank you. I, I love that quote because I, I, it just seems like real life, you know, sooner or later, no matter how much good you do, <laughs> eventually some kids are bad, bad, bad. Right. It, very interesting. Thank I want to thank the three of you for picking such really interesting movie and song quotes. And Steve, thank you for tearing up talking about Gord Downey because this is, you're here to be a real unique, authentic person on the show. We're having a conversation. So thank you for that. I appreciate the pathos and the and the authenticity, overused word, but Steve Watt was sincere. And now we're going to dive into our topic. This is the roundtable portion. And I all full disclaimer, I've asked my panelists to each send me four statements on their point of view on different approaches to this topic, which is accelerated account-based marketing, integrating your digital selling into that whole strategy. And they have done this independently. They didn't sit around table as far as I know and say, okay, all right, pass the beer, pass the wine on a Zoom table and say, okay, here's 12 statements. Paroma, you can take three of them and Christina, you take two and Steve will take three and we got it. I don't like the others. No, we don't do that. This is independent. So I get to pick and choose which statements I think will be interesting, not only to approach the topic, but for our audience to hear how you all think about this topic. So Steve, why? told me the following. He says, listen to this. This is statement number one. LinkedIn is the greatest ongoing business conversation the world has ever seen. And most salespeople are missing a career altering opportunity because they approach it entirely wrong. I'm going to stop there and let you give us the magic bullet in this statement, Steve. Steve, take about two and a half, three minutes, knock yourself out, unpack it, expand it. And then Christina sitting next to you, I'll invite her to agree or disagree. Don't be afraid to disagree, Christina. I'll protect you and Paroma, you get to agree or disagree with either or both of them, so you get twice as much content. Steve Watt, I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. Well, I I think that that statement is central to so much of what I believe and so much of what I practice, and so much of what I believe is the future of sales and marketing done right. Uh, and it's also a great example, as I said before, of a whole lot of people doing things wrong. Uh, a whole lot of salespeople see LinkedIn as a watering hole and they're the lion and they're just there to hunt and nobody wants to be hunted. Nobody, nobody wants to be the gazelle to your lion who is besieged with hunting uh, overtures connection requests outbound hey can we get on that sales call you know can you know can i what's keeping you up at night you know can i get 15 minutes on tuesday nobody wants that least of all senior leaders who are inundated with that and they don't come back because they're sick and tired of it and this is entirely the wrong mindset and entirely the wrong approach to linkedin linkedin is the world's greatest ongoing business conversation And in a conversation, you need to engage and converse and add value and build relationships and build trust. And that's entirely different from hunting. It's entirely, it's an entirely different mindset and everything else that follows. And those salespeople who understand that are going leaps and bounds ahead of their competitors. And those organizations that encourage that behavior are going leaps and bounds ahead of their competitors because they are teaching people to actually 
converse and share content and engage in conversations and build trust and build rapport and, and not just hunt. Um, and when you do it right, it's incredible. I mean, you learn so much. You meet so many great people. You, you deepen existing relationships. And, and, and as I said, you build that trust and you become a magnet for inbound opportunities. And you become a respected subject matter expert. And you become someone who people actually want to talk to. And isn't that entirely better as a salesperson or a sales leader to be someone that people want to talk to instead of someone who keeps pushing people away? So this is really something that I, I could talk all day about. Steve, that was probably one of the most passionate deliveries about how to do digital selling and relationships and connection and authenticity the right way. Thank you. That was wonderful. Christina, agree or disagree with Steve? I'm not going to put words in your mouth. What do you think? Go ahead. Go for <laughs> well, it. Well, I agree with some, what he's, some of what he's saying, um, that you don't want to be someone that people, you know, you don't want to bombard people. But I, I disagree that it's far better to become a magnet rather than a hunter. I think it's better to be a hunter with a magnet. So it's a little bit of a different spin. Okay. Um, and I think the conversations that are, um, you know, driving – Conversations that are leading with insights um, are going to be the ones that have more um, power. So you, you make the magnet part would be the the insight. Uh, you don't want to push your own agenda, like I was mentioning, or you don't want to push buyers away and kind of just keep pushing out and hoping you know you're going to weaken them up. They're going to ignore you if you don't lead with insights, and that's what's needed to build value and to build trust. So use that insight as your magnet. The other challenge with being um, a magnet is that your profiles and your content and maybe the messaging and your outreach is going to come too generalized to appeal with the masses um, as opposed to uh, being more personal and having that personal relevance. So you, do you want to attract more people or do you want to have personal relevance that's needed, which is needed to move um, to those that fit with your ICP? So anyone that's your ideal customer, um, to go beyond that connection, you have to have personal relevance for them. <clears throat> and they're only going to see um, when buyers see a relevant value and trust, they'll be able to engage with you and you'll become more of an effective hunter on LinkedIn as opposed to being, um, you know, just a, a, a hunter that doesn't have an actual a strategy. You know what I'm going to do, Steve? I'm going to let you talk to her after we get Paroma in here. Paroma, you can agree. Just, we've got some very provocative comments here. I think they're all leading to the same place with different nuances. Paroma, join us. All right, so I'm going to add a little bit more to the controversy. I Please. agree about 70% of what Steve said. I agree that people are using it wrong, but I disagree that LinkedIn is the greatest business platform. I think it can be, but today it it stands the risk of becoming the world's largest spammy platform, you know, following MySpace, which was kind of before my time. As a marketing person who holds budgets, I get 50, 100 emails every week from people and they're using bait and switch. So they connect with me saying that I want to connect with like-minded thought leaders, but then they start selling. And that engagement piece, which is so critical for social engagement and digital selling is missing. And I constantly feel inundated and overwhelmed and unable to rise to the task of responding. So um, LinkedIn has the potential. It is not there yet. It's far from it. 
So that's my interesting, interesting, Steve. I'm going to give you a chance to. You started this one, and Steve, this is what we love on the show: is somebody with a statement where they back it up with passion and conviction, and other people have a different way of looking at it. And this is the kind of conversation we like. Haven't had one of these in a long time. So, <laughs> Steve, I'm applauding you, and and the others as well. Steve, talk back to them. Go ahead. I'll put you on speaker view. Well, I think the negative aspects of LinkedIn that Perum is talking about are exactly what I mean. That's being hunted, right? You don't you don't want to be hunted when you are being inundated with connection requests from people who have a a one sided agenda, and and sometimes they're deceiving you in order to get you to initially engage. And then they, as you said, bait and switch. And all of a sudden it's a sales pitch. That's exactly that trust destroying hunting behavior that I hate so much. I, I don't, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. And, and, and it amazes me how often we don't sell the way we buy. Like, I mean, I don't buy from from that kind of behavior when 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 people come at me that way they push me away i don't become a a, a purchaser or or even a, i i don't even engage in the process with them and 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 i think that's true for most people yet we turn around and and, and then we do that or or we encourage our teams to do that so i think the the negative behavior and the negative sentiment that you're feeling there Proma, is exactly what i'm trying to bring an end to and and i would just say to uh christina like I totally agree with what you're saying about you can't just be generic. You can't just be chasing vanity metrics and, you know, publishing listicles on LinkedIn, trying to grow a big following. Who cares? It's not about that at all. I, I do believe, though, you can be very purposeful and you, you can be very focused on your ICP and very focused on the core. If you consistently deliver the sorts of content and insights and opinions and data that resonate with a very specific audience, who obviously is the audience you're ultimately trying to build trust and engagement with, you will pull the right people towards you and not just everybody. Thank you all. Anything back from Christina Paroma? You both good, ladies? Perfect. I'll just relate that I've had some people just spamming and smashing me with sales pitches on LinkedIn. And I will give them an answer, very polite answer. Thank you. I'm not here. I didn't connect with you to be sold and you don't know anything about me. And this is not something I would even be interested in. And then I will disconnect from them. And I also recently witnessed, I think, a misplaced attempt at relationship building. I won't tell you the company or the name, but somebody who is a salesperson at a regional level for a big company pitched somebody I know who is the CEO of a midsize company. And the opening line was, hi, with the first name, no introduction. And it was a little about me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It gets better. Wait a minute. This is an email. It's a direct email. A little about me. I recently got engaged. I'm soon to be married. And I love sports. And here's my LinkedIn link. Why don't you connect with me? And then... They said their purpose of their job was to get new customers for their company. That was the first line on. Are you all as shocked and amazed as I am? I'll tell you later who it was, Paroma. And uh, anyway, it was it was okay. the email was sent to me because the company knows me very well, and they said, "Who is this? And what is this?" I forwarded it to somebody I know 
who was involved with this series. And I said, I think this person needs lessons in relationship building and digital stuff. I've never seen a pitch. Ouch. ouch. It was an ouch. It was, I'm going to get married. I love sports. Connect with me. And my purpose is to gain new customers for my company. I have never ever. And they were selling a service that did not apply to this mid-sized company. They were selling for the accounting department. This company has a one-person accounting department. And it was something that's used for teams. And I, I, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I mostly cried. I, I said, this just is t- totally well-intentioned, maybe, but misguided completely. Ouch, ouch, ouch. I'll tell you all later who it was. Anyway, you don't, you, don't know, you don't know the person. Let's move on. It's always good to have case studies, right? So those of you listening out there, don't do that. Okay. Christina Jaramillo, I'm looking at your statement number two. Uh, this may be a, a catch-on or a tail-through with what we just talked about, but I think we can go some good places with this. You say ABM, account-based marketing, has become too tactical. It's a business strategy that should involve leadership, sales, marketing, and customer success teams so organizations can drive revenue with new and existing accounts. And that goes back to my opening, nurture the accounts you already have. So let's talk about the tactical part. Christina, talk to me. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. So a, a lot of times sales and marketing talk about want to building about wanting to build relationships with strategic decision makers, but then they go and they break their engagement activities down into a discrete set of elements, each delivered by a different resource. So it kind of, that's how they make it tactical. So they started a strategy, but then they break it down into tactical. So that's a major challenge for modern marketer or modern salesperson. They need to bring campaigns together using multiple resources and it effectively kind of stitch it together. So that the tactics of uh, the tactical approach is going to lack the integrity from a decision maker's perspective, from a C-suite perspective. Like you said, you saw right through that the person was trying to pitch you right away when they said, came right out and said it as obvious as possible. Uh, my, you know, my job is to sell. Um, so if you're trying to attract decision makers, especially C-suite, and experience, um, you know, you want them to experience your campaign or your program around different touch points across email, social, face-to-face phone conversations, there has to be a strategy behind it. Um, And if they'll see through it, the tactics, the little be, you know, very shallow to them um, and information is gonna get lost across the way. Um, and every time you lose that information, you kind of deteriorate that relationship. So you're building a re- trying to build a relationship, you bring it back down. Um, and you just you lose that intention with that relationship and you just find yourself in the ignore bucket or the avoid or the disconnect or unsubscribe bucket. And that's you know, once you're in there, it's very hard to come out. Um, so we need to drive a more cohesive conversation across all channels, all digital channels, including social. And I think leadership sales and marketing, they need to work together to identify the accounts that they have to win, the accounts that they need to protect and expand, or especially protecting and expanding, like you said, is obviously where a lot of the focus should be. And then from there, work together hand in hand to ensure that each interaction is going to move the accounts closer to revenue. Um, and it's not, um, you know, like marketing gets a lead and passes it to, to sales. It's actually a handshake we're going to work together once we give it to sales and how we're actually going to close it because any misfires or along the way is going to lead to unresponsiveness um, and it's really hard to go back from unresponsiveness and it's 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 really hard to change a negative perception that you unintentionally created 
Thank you, Christina. Very interesting. Paroma is nodding and nodding and nodding, and Shona on the windowsill is ignoring you. So we'll leave her out of this conversation. <laughs> Paroma, go ahead. I, I love being on Zoom with my guests because I get to see I get to see you and know you better. Paroma, yeah, agree or disagree? Yeah. Go ahead. So in case anyone is wondering what Shona is transfixed looking at, she's looking at geese outside. So that's really (laughs) much cooler for her than us over here. Whatever. Um, I agree 100% with what Christina said. I mean, just taking a step back, there are many more examples of failed ABM programs than there are of successful ones. And it's exactly because the way we operate in silos between sales and marketing, it really illustrates the lack of trust between the two organizations. There have been times where I've reached out to my sales colleagues and said that I want to put together this ABM program for your top three customers because I think that will give you a lot of value. And then, you know, exploring that, it's become obvious to me that the salesperson takes it as a personal affront that a marketing person can give him a lead in one of his top companies. He's supposed to be the expert. And if I give him a lead, that it exposes the gaps in his relationships and he doesn't want that. So how do we bridge that without what Christina said, right? Without coming together at a very strategic, maybe start with account planning and engage at the leadership level and at all the other levels to come together very strategically, not tactically. That's the crux. I I have not seen it completely happen in that beautiful way yet, but I hold out hope. I love the way you said hasn't happened in that beautiful way yet. Ah, ideals. Ah, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be lovely? I'm in a musical mood today. Steve Watt, join (laughs) us. Agree or disagree with either or both Christina and or Paroma. You're up, Steve. I totally agree with both. Uh, I mean, too many people are selling ABM short by thinking it's just a, a basket of tactics or or even worse yet, a basket of tools. People, I want to do ABM. What do I need to buy? It's like, no, no, no. ABM is a business strategy. It's not just a collection of, of um, miscellaneous tactics. And, you know, I think Bob Peterson from Forrester says it really well. He says there's a big difference between account-based marketing versus marketing to accounts. And, and marketing to accounts is just picking some accounts and pointing all your emails and your ads at them and calling it a day. That's not account-based marketing done right. Account-based marketing done right is far more strategic, far more insight-based, far deeper, far more aligned with the the real needs of those organizations. You know, I, I like to say that, you know, ICP is not a wish list. Like I think oftentimes people start with like, well, here's our ICP. Why? Well, because I'd like to sell to them. So they're my ICP. No, 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 no. You've got it backwards. ICP is not the companies you want to sell to. It's the companies that will get the most value from you. It's the companies that need you the most. And you better figure that out and align everything. So yes, 100% agree. It needs to be far more strategic than the way it's practiced in most organizations. Thank you. I want to draw an analogy to improv. For a second before I have Christina wrap this up and I'll tell you why I took improv training I, I was a stand-up comedian in New York for several years on a, a lower level I had a comedy troupe called Bonnie G and Du Bois and we went to public libraries and we went to Borders bookstores back in the day and we had big crowds it was a lot of fun but I also took improv training which is helpful for life I think it's one of the skills in addition to my unused degree in psychology <laughs> that, that I used to talk to people today and one of the the 
trainings. This is interesting. And, and if you've ever taken an improv class, this may be one of the first things. Uh, Steve Gelman from Chicago Second City was one of my instructors. So there were some really great people teaching groups in New York back in the day. So one of the exercises is you, you take a class of people, you might have 15, 20 people, 10, 12 people in a, in a room, in a meeting room. And you have them walk around in a very loose circle, just walking around in patterns with kind of aimlessly. And the teacher, the instructor taps one person to make a phrase, say something, for example, the theme would be, what did you see in New York today if we're all in Manhattan? Okay, so somebody might say, apples on the street, 25 cents. And they repeat that three or four times, apples on the street, 25 cents, and they're still walking around in this nondescript pattern. And at some point, somebody else realizes that the conversation needs to have them contribute. So it's not that person pointing, I wouldn't point to you, Steve, and say, you're next, you say something next. But somebody makes eye contact with that person and they say, I need to contribute to the conversation needs me. That's my point. I don't need to, oh, it's my turn, I'm going to speak. So they might say, gotcha, traffic ticket, you've been parked 20 minutes longer than the meter. And they repeat it, gotcha, traffic ticket, you've been parked 20 minutes longer than the meter. And that that theme would go around and people are still walking in this nondescript pattern and somebody else would realize the conversation needed them and somebody might say, Bookstore closed, not enough customers. Bookstore closed, not enough customers. And and the conversation would just build and build and build, but it wasn't, hello, it's my turn. I didn't talk yet. It's when did you feel the room needed you? And that was what one of you just said. When Steve, that's what you said. When does the account need you? What can you add? Not, hey, it's my turn. I'm going to pull out all the stops and I'm going to do a sales pitch and I'm going to hard sell you and I'm going to spam you. It's not about you. It's about what they need and how do you know that? Christine, anything you I know I'm going off tangent here, but I just thought it was very interesting. It sparked an idea. Christine, anything you want to add to that before I go to a statement from Paroma? Go ahead. Yeah, Christine. real quick. I just wanted to, um, you know, go off of what Steve said. I think marketing should start with sales. We have to start there. We start our marketing content with selling conversation that sales wants to have, not what we think is the ideal customer profile or we want to target. So we need to think about how we can help make the emotional connection. What reframes do we need to make in that selling conversation? The place to start is for marketing to see where um, they can support selling conversations from now um, and you know where customers are now. And then from there, you can see where your impact is, and they'll welcome you um, to drive wins with other accounts. That's a great way to bridge that sales and marketing gap. Christina, that's a perfect segue, which we don't usually have on a show like this, into where I'm going with Paroma. Paroma, I'm looking at your statement number two, and this is interesting. Paroma says, with COVID-19, and we're still deep in the pandemic with a lot of surges going on, it's November 17th, 2020, oh my goodness. With COVID-19, digital selling has become the mainstay for customer engagements. In this new world, she says, content is the re-crowned king. You have to make it engaging and educational and in short bites. Lot to unpack there. Paroma, talk to me. Yeah, uh, we talked about COVID-19 a little bit um, during the introduction, introductory uh, clip there. Uh, but, you know, when you think about the larger macro level impact of this year, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, uh, on LinkedIn as well, about Earth Overshoot Days and, you know, the fact that this year with less travel, we've actually gone back to 2005 levels of Earth overshoot days, which is a 15-year reduction in the impact we've made to the Earth's resources. And I think, you know, people buzzing around traveling to see customers has had, it's had that negative impact. It's added, contributed to it. 
digital selling helps us at least you know contribute to reducing that that negative impact um that's part of why i feel so passionate about it but yes content is the king because you don't have a customer sitting at an event you know you can't dramatize the the audio and the visuals and the and the coffee and the food and the networking and the alcohol you you can't do all of that anymore all you have is the screen to speak to people to connect with them to engage in a human way and to somehow make it memorable somehow make it stick to to educate them about your solutions but also entertain them because they are distracted right they they have you know kids shouting pets going on bosses texting them the internet falling off everything is crazy so how do you do that that that's going to be the the trick to figure out how do you make that compelling content that sticks and and interesting let me just ask you when you're on a visual video conferencing platform like we are on zoom paroma you get to have your beautiful cat in the room with you isn't that a conversation starter oh. isn't this i'm going to use a word probably i shouldn't isn't this a blessing for somebody who's trying to create a relationship oh what's your cat's name and exactly. what kind of breed are they and so th- so there there is a benefit to being separated but you're right we don't get those coffee dates right those dinner parties those big meetings the co- oh the conferences we can skip a lot of those but anyway <laughs> let's go around the table steve you are sitting next to paroma whether you know it or not in my digital virtual room here on Zoom. So Steve, why don't you talk to Parum? What do you think about the recrowned king of content in short bites? Agree or disagree with anything she said? Steve Watt, you're up. I, I, I agree, Parama. I mean, I, I think it's I think all of the things that we're doing in in digital engagement and digital selling and digital marketing now, it's it's not like they became things when covid hit but they they went from uh important to absolutely mission critical extremely quickly and and as you said we can't do some of the things that we used to do so we better do some other things a whole lot better <laughs> and we better not lose our our humanity in the process and turn this into like robo blasting of emails and and you know forms capturing con- uh, contact information like that's so uh, dehumanizing and that's exactly the opposite of what we need right now and i mean we invite each other into our each other's homes mm-hmm. through zoom and i mean it's an incredible opportunity to be personal and be human and authentic and and it's great when you're on a call and you see someone's cat like yours or you see their <laughs> kids or their dog starts barking like mine does and invariably the more important the call the more likely that the mailman comes right then and my dog explodes <laughs> you know but uh, you know these are these are humanizing things and and they're good things and and we just we just have to the the fundamental need to to build relationships nurture relationships uh build trust um these things are are universal we just do them in different ways through different mediums now there you go christina join us please yeah i mean you know it's true live events are few and far between we're not meeting for coffee we're not having these conferences so everyone has kind of jumped to digital if they weren't already on digital so unfortunately if they were having bad tactics in person they were just swipe swipe them onto digital which has kind of been interesting the last couple of months to say the least and i think responsiveness has dropped because of this um and i think it was a linkedin study that said about 44% of orgs are seeing a drop in responsiveness because companies are pushing out more content more messaging so yes it does need to be education um educational and engaging but i think even more importantly it needs to be relevant and it needs to match the current and future needs um with you know 
if it doesn't have the intention, then it's, you know, it's missing. So whether it's in short bites, long content, or for, you know, if we're just pushing out content without intention, without relevance to the people that we want to read it, then we're just adding to the noise. And there's plenty of digital noise right now. We don't need to add to it. Um, so on, I personally do and what I think has been effective is to do a little bit of a mix of short and long content on LinkedIn because I know Paromite said something about sound bites. Um, I actually find, which is interesting, the longer content drives more selling conversations because it gives me that opportunity to reframe um, and make that emotional connection and show someone a new way of doing something or a new way to, to solve a challenge they've had. So I think if you're relevant and you're challenging their status quo, the C-suite buyer, the decision makers, they're going to read it if it's relevant. Thank you. Paroma, you want to answer back to Christina about long versus short short form? Anything yeah. Um, Please. No, I, 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 I like what Christina said uh, a lot. Um, I do find that I can only do about two or three hours of long form content in a day, like like meetings like this where I have to show my face. Um, but I find I, I can absorb content better when I'm say on my run and I'm just listening to audio, like audio only without the video component. Mm-hmm. So there's lots to unpeel and unpack and research and uh, be, get better at from the content angle. Um, also, Steve, I'm gonna steal that word dehumanizing from you and maybe try to respond to people saying, you are dehumanizing me. I love it. I, I love it. Good conversation. I, yeah. I wish you all had more energy today. I don't know. There's just such a, uh, I'm teasing you. This is, this is wonderful. Love the energy in the room. Now we have time for one more statement. I've got seven minutes left till the end of the show. And I think we can squeak in one more. I picked statement number two from Steve and he's already said, okay, to my listeners, I ask the panelists when I send them in the chat, what I'm going to go, where I'm going to go next with one of their statements. And I say, not if okay. And they're always very cautious because they don't know if they're on full screen or gallery view. So I see little tiny nod of the head and I wrote in the chat I see you nod thank you with a smiley so thank you all you've all played very well in the sandbox Steve Watt here's your statement number two brand lives at the edge of the organization the cumulative power of your people engaging on social media with confidence and purpose absolutely dwarfs the power of your advertising I don't know how to take this statement Steve why don't you unpack it for me well, where, where I'm coming from on this is I think too many marketers are stuck in an old mindset and they are thinking of social the same way they think about television or print or, or anything else as a broadcast medium. They think of it as a, is it just one more channel to blast out my brand message? So on LinkedIn, they think more about the ads they're going to run and their company page versus thinking about their people. Um, they think more about the, uh, the views and the clicks and everything than they do about the relationships and the conversations. And I think that this is, uh, an example of an old mindset that needs to be broken because um, similar to my comments about LinkedIn being a, a conversation, I believe that your brand as an organization is really the, the cumulative trust and engagement and impact of all of your people. And, and together, that's way more than your ads that everybody uses ad blockers anyways, or everybody <laughs> ignores. And, and I mean, people don't tend to engage with brands nearly as much as they engage with individuals. I mean, you, you can look at big companies that have 
hundreds of thousands or uh, you know tens or or even hundreds of thousands of followers on a social platform and they'll post something and they'll get like a dozen engagements on it and then you see an individual in that organization posts something and and get more engagement than the brand and and the the cumulative power those organizations that understand this and embrace it and empower their people and enable their people to really show up and speak up they just get a a voice that's so much bigger and also so much more authentic than let's say their competitor who's still in a uh, uh an old school megaphone you know i'm going to yell at the world through my advertising channels kind of mindset so i think this is the future i think this is the future of sales and marketing it's about empowering all of your individuals to really show up Thank you. Even the renegades who want to do all kinds of stuff that is not part of your brand. I think there's some training and enablement involved in there. Christina, quick agree or disagree, and then Perome, and then Steve, I'm going to have you get ready to tee up a one-sentence prediction about ABM and digital selling. Christina, quick comment back to Steve, please. Totally agree. Uh, personal brand on social and digital platforms is more important than the company brand and the logo. Don't hide behind it. Uh, the trust lies with the individual and that make up that company and that's who you're going to buy from at the end of the day is actual person not a company nicely done paroma agree or disagree with either or both it'd be hard to disagree but go ahead <laughs> i agree that it is the future but i disagree that i mean it's not the present we are not quite there yet uh, but i think i mean it, it's a little category dependent when i think about ad campaigns that have you know jaw-droppingly good ones like levi's pioneers of pioneers or the apple 1984 ad those are ads we'll be talking about for decades to come. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, that influencer marketing, that social engagement is getting there. We just, we're not there for all categories quite yet. Thank you. I love the independent thinking, the thought leadership from the three of you. This has been a very interesting conversation. Steve Watt, one sentence, future of ABM and digital selling. Are they going to have a happy marriage or is it still going to be, I don't know, Steve? Predict, go ahead, then Christina, then Paroma, and we'll wrap up. Steve, you're up. We are at the beginning of what I like to call the inbound selling revolution. We had, we had the inbound marketing and that got super busy and less productive. We've had the outbound selling revolution. Nobody wants any more of that. This is the beginning of the inbound selling revolution where each of our people has the opportunity to become a magnet. This is going to be the future of ABM. It's going to be the future of sales. It's the future of marketing. It's the future of the whole thing. And we're just in the very, very early stages of it. Thank you. Christina, you got one sentence with five commas and 14 semicolons. I'll give you the same, but you got to fit it in 60 seconds, no matter how much you parse the grammar. So go ahead, Christina. Got it. Up. Got it. Uh, my prediction <laughs> is more of a, a hope. Um, I think that ABM goes beyond account-based advertising, account-based awareness, um, and that it goes about, uh, beyond these automatic campaigns. So my hope and prediction is that it goes personal so that sales and marketing can reverse no positions and become relevant to the target accounts and the buyers in those accounts. Thank you very much, Paroma Sen. We'd love to get your prediction. All yours. Yes, I think the focus has to be um, on so on engagement, on social engagement, and nurturing relationships before going into that full-on selling, blatant selling mode. Uh, and that has to happen for digital ABMs to be successful going forward. And of course, content building, um, content building, collaborative content building that's educational and entertaining, just like what we had here today. 
Thank you very much. We did have quite a conversation. I appreciate all three of you, the work you did preparing, the time you put into it, and your thoughtful thought leadership. I like that a lot. Very lively conversation. I love the disagreements as much as the agreements (laughs) and all of the great content you all shared with us. So I'm going to say, let's all put our hands together and thank Christina Boylo. I'm sorry, Kirsten Boylo. Christina, I've got you in front of me. Kirsten Boylo, the sponsor of this series. This is, let me see what season this is. This is, we're still in season six and rumor has it she's going to renew the series for 2021 everybody clap for kirsten yes thank you kirsten and let's thank ryan treasure vp of everything at voice america for being our engineer today thank you ryan everybody say thank you ryan come on thank you ryan. thank you ryan. Thank you, ryan. there we go and a, and a get well wish to aaron keller our usual engineer who isn't feeling well today we're, we're well wishing to you aaron and now here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for my car has gotten three months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Steve Watt at Grapevine 6. So happy to meet you, Steve. Just like Christina Jaramillo at Personal ABM. Christina, such a delight. We're neighbors. We'll wave across the fence at each other. It's a while, but we'll we'll do it. And Paroma Sanit SAP, so happy to reacquaint with you until Shona, we said thank you for being in the picture. So everybody have a great day. And all I'll say is be safe, be smart, be savvy, and somehow stay sane. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.